the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Ogbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Ugbayani and Paul Brecht. Hope you guys are having a fabulous week so far. What a night last night. University of Hawaii men's volleyball opening the season with not only with a win, but a sweep over the number 10 ranked Loyola Chicago. We'll get to that in just a second and hear from uh, the post game. From Charlie Wade, Alaka Itad, and Eleu Choi. But coming up also on the show, we will definitely talk some Rainbow Wahine basketball as the ladies finally, finally play back at home this evening. So we hope to see you guys out there and we'll hear from Coach Laura Beeman. Also on the show, we'll talk a little bit more University of Hawaii football as well as there's some interesting job postings there publicly, so we'll tell you about all of that and what that means. Maybe some potential candidates that could come through and what are some names that I've heard you know, amongst the fans and who they might want to see fill these positions coming up in the 2024 season. And if we have time, maybe we'll get to some NFL. Definitely some a couple of NFL news in terms of historic news as it is for our Hawaii players. But first, University of Hawaii men's volleyball. It kind of the poll came out in the middle of the show yesterday, but I didn't see it until after the show. So just want to get you guys caught up with that. The first poll of the season, the AVCA NVA National Collegiate Men's Volleyball Poll. UCLA comes in at number one, getting 23 first place votes adjusted. Number two, Long Beach State. <laughs> and Hawaii comes in at number three, followed by Irvine, Ohio State, Penn State, Grand Canyon, Stanford, BYU, and then rounding out the top 10. And who Hawaii played last night was Loyola Chicago. But as we mentioned, it, it was it was an awesome game. Spiros Hakas led all attackers with 16 kills, along with four digs and three blocks. Alaka Itad, who we will hear from in just a second, added seven kills, eight digs, and two aces. Uh, the Warriors hit 256 with six aces and seven and a half blocks. And probably the, I guess, the unspoken hero and the... He was already a fan favorite, but I think yesterday or last night's game elevated his status in terms of fan favorite. The libero Eleu Choi led all players with a career high 15 digs. And we talked a lot about Tred Rosenthal yesterday. The freshman setter made his collegiate debut and finished with 32 assists, two aces and two kills of his own. But Eleu Choi, oh my goodness. And if you guys didn't watch the game, like these were insane digs that he had what was it like seven in the first set and they were just like (laughs) you you almost it was like on another level because he was just so quick his reaction speed is insane I think Paul you and Mike said the same thing like did he just do the splits (laughs) (laughs) on some of the things into a split like 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 he was incredible yesterday I couldn't believe it. it it was really shocking in that moment and and it really like he electrified Stan mm-hmm. Sheriff Center in every way, shape, and form. Electrified Stan Sheriff Center. It was awesome to see. And uh, not to spoil any post game, you know, avail any oh, any of that for the beautiful people, but his joy 
and just oh, yeah. pure appreciation for the opportunity that he had at hand. I think it was just his sixth career start. It, it's easy to root for a kid like that. I say kid once again. These guys two two years younger than me at most. Alakai Todd is <laughs> one year. Perhaps he is my age because I was young for my graduating class. He's 2018 Punahou. I'm 2017. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, but no, it, it really, what a great night to kick off men's volleyball in the men's volleyball season, which we talk so much on this show about women's basketball growing and the, the ever-growing support mm-hmm. for that. How about the ever-growing support and growth of the men's volleyball game at the collegiate level? You mentioned the AVCA poll that is up from the top 15 to top 20 Mm -hmm. this year. So Mm -hmm. adding five more teams to the official rankings, obviously most other sports doing a top 25, but continuing to grow, really cool to see that. And I think for the sixth straight year, the Bows in the top five, maybe even sixth straight year in the top three. Yeah. They're, they are ridiculous, and you see last night why, because they add just some incredible new faces. They mesh in some guys who were here already practicing against national champions, not to mention you have three starters who return who have a couple of rings to their names already. As we mentioned, the leading attacker in Sparrows Hawkins, one of those solid uh, returnees. But before we get into more about the game, here is what head coach Charlie Wade had to say, along with Alaka Itad and Eleu Choi. Uh, what's up, coach? Just maybe, uh, you know, first night out, what were maybe a couple of your main t- takeaways from night one? Uh, we served well. You know, Trent Rosenthal has been spin serving for about four months now, and he served 21 times without an error. Uh, that's impressive. Um, we served in bounds at whatever it ended up being 93%. We continue uh, what I've said. When we serve in bounds at 90% or higher as a team, we win 100% of the time. There's never been a match that we've served like this and not won. Um, you know. That is kind of our secret sauce to go back there and have guys absolutely high on it and and put it. We only had three errors from the starters. You know, Spiros missed two and G missed the lolly floater at the end. So really, um, really impressive uh, night from the service line for us. And that, like I said, that's, that kind of defines us. We spend an inordinate amount of time on that kind of stuff. You know, offensively, we're just okay in that second set. We only made three errors, but two of them were like misfired fire on the pick that we tipped out of bounds, you know, and we're just going to have to be a little patient with the offense. Um, We probably hit, you know, 350 to 370 in the fall, um, and tonight was well below that, yeah, whatever it ended up being. Um, And it just, some misfires. The location early on was poor, um, but, you know, he's listening and he's trying and he he got better as it went on and location to the pins got a little better. you know, and then the other part, which was uh, really good to see that down in both sets one and three and pretty significant, uh, the technical timeout at, what was it, 15, seven or eight, yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, that's uh, in, the, in the world of rally scoring, that's uh, almost out of reach. Um, and we had some guys come back and have some really good turns. We, you know, got a couple aces, made a few plays. And, and then once it's at 15, 17, I'm like, it's game on now. And uh, the guys played well down the stretch, made some plays. How, how do you evaluate uh, Trent in, in his opening night? Uh, patiently. 
you know, like he's going to be very good, and he is like. He does a lot of good stuff out there, and you know, 17-year-old, his first start ever. Like I said, I, uh, um, I the first time I ever saw him play, and I've I've said this before, like I'm watching him, and I'm just like, and he, then he's like six six with a motor and just like going, and I'm like, that guy plays in three Olympics for the U.S. Like that is a unique talent. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, I can be critical on the location stuff that we've talked about a lot. He should be better than that, but he gets it. And he, he was able to make the adjustments, which are nice. And um, uh, some of the other stuff is just going to take a little time. You know, he's still new, the, the, the timing with the middles and the bick and stuff. You know, it's, it's been a lot better, but uh, a little different environment tonight, you know, and real against... Um, you know, a really good team. That's the other thing. That team is really good. Um, they were great defensively, and um, so, like I said, uh, we're we're, we're going to be patient and just keep pushing him and, and bring him along. Coach, what can you say about um, Alakadi and Elu? A couple guys who've been in your program for a while, getting a starting opportunity and what they showed tonight. Yeah, great. I mean, and just stoked for them. You know what I'm saying? Worked really hard. Uh, you know. He's been here for six years, and and uh, uh, I mean, I've known him like since he was playing club with us, you know, like when he was like 12, right? So we've really seen how much time and effort he's put into it, and how much better he's gotten. Um, and, and look, I thought he played good, not great. I think he can play better, you know. Um, he can attack a little better. He, he too served well. Um, I think he was at. Uh, 14 times without an air with two aces. That's absolutely getting it done. Um, expect him to touch a few more balls blocking and block a little better. But um, first night out, pretty good. And uh, stoked for Leo, too. That was, uh, you know, what he ended up with 15 digs in three sets. You get around three, you'll lead the country in digs per set in men's volleyball. You know, so to come out and get five against a team like that on the first night out, pretty good. How much did he spark you in that first? I think he had 11 in the first set. It just seemed like that first set in particular, he was pretty much all over the court. Yeah, that was fun. It was good stuff. Like I said, we saw that. Uh, there was times, I've said this, there was times last year where not only we see the best libero uh, in the gym, he was the best player. He was really impacting the game. And we've, we've taken to, um, at practice, putting him on the B side. We don't need him. We want to play against him. We want to see him, you know, receiving our serves and digging our attackers and stuff. If we put him on the A side, it's a blowout because he's just digging every ball. So uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's good stuff. Maybe you can follow up on, on what Coach said and just coming out here. You know, he said practice day one a week ago that he was giving you the keys. Just kind of, um, what does that opportunity mean to you? And what was it like coming out to start the season tonight? Uh, I just want to really thank Coach Charlie, the coaching staff, Coach Capone, and Coach Chad for really getting this opportunity. And also my teammates, they, they've been with this program for a long time and they really supported me throughout the, my years here. What happened in those starting introductions? No. Oh, that's, that's, I got a little excited. I really thought about it. Oh, I want to be out there. So and just, five I comes like, before, you know. No, exactly. He's doing it numerical. Yeah, right. I was yeah. doing it numerically. <laughs> that makes sense. Sorry, Kurt. I'll tell you, what was that like for you? You seem to have, even in warm ups, just kind of a, a bit of a demeanor about you, a bit of like a. a, a 
a game face almost. Uh, what was your approach here tonight? Well, we've been actually talking about this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get a little monitor when I'm out there, so I've just been practicing this whole entire time, just trying to get that game face on. But most importantly, I think what helps me do that is just seeing the turnout that we had tonight with all the fans tonight. And that just really helped like elevate my mood and just put me in the game mode. And that was Alaka Itad, Eleu Choi, and UH Men's Volleyball Head Coach Charlie Wade following their sweeping win over Loyola Chicago last night. And it was, what a way to kick off the season. And they were down a significant amount of points in that third set and battled their way all the way back to take it. It was incredible. And you heard Charlie, you know, he's very honest and very blunt in the post game. He's like, you know, there's like some players, they were good, not great. And he like Tread Rosenthal, who we talked about. And we were talking about during that segment, Paul and I off air, like this kid is a kid. He's 17 years old. And if what we saw last oh. night was his base where Charlie's like, eh, he's going to get better. Like Charlie is like not, imp- I mean, obviously he's impressed because he recruited the kid. He knows he can be where he will be one day. But the fact that that is his base in college and Charlie talked about it as well. You know, sending our best to Kevin Calling, who got injured in the warmups. He suffered an ankle injury. He's another setter. He landed on Chaz Galloway's foot, so he was in a boot, so he couldn't play the entire game. Hope he's okay, and they said he'll get x-rays and whatnot today. But as a true freshman, as a 17-year-old kid, knowing that you you need to play your best because if if you start messing up, you can't get into your head because there is no one that's going to come in to back you up. So he had to stay in the entire game and imagine if it went longer than three. So a lot of credit to that kid. I saw his parents in the stands. We joked that his dad still, because his dad played at Notre Dame and played like nine seasons in the NFL. Broken uh, to Giants and yeah, Vikings, we'll, right? We'll forgive him for that. But <laughs> so, but he still can very much play. And I said yesterday, and I hope you guys got to see what I meant, when he is just a massive human being for that position like he is broader than some of our hitters if not most like most of our hitters and still 17 years old so he could possibly still be growing and filling out it was incredible and just you know obviously Charlie they won national championships so you're he's going to be very real as you should you know you don't want to be like oh yeah we look so great but just considering what we saw last night against a really quality opponent, number 10 in the country, at least according to initial polls, and you guys saw the game last night, they were a solid team. So for UH to have a brand new setter and essentially brand new rotation with a few returnees, I mean, this is very exciting for, and don't get me wrong, we'll probably see some shakiness during the season when they play, you know, even better talent, but if this is the if you're telling me this is the base and this is the base for Tread Rosenthal, who is just a true freshman or even a pre true freshman. Let's be honest here. He graduated early, got his studies early. He was supposed to graduate at the end of or like this year, but he's here already. It's awesome. Like, I'm just like, wow, that what we saw last night. And I don't know how much we can say about Eleu Choi because he was Spider-Man out there. It was it was insane. <laughs> It really, really was crazy. He he being Tread Rosenthal, I, I joke, I'm like, oh, I can't call these guys. He's somebody who I can actually call a kid at 17 years old. And we mentioned it a little bit, the pressure to come in and replace an all-time great in Jakob Tella, who mm-hmm. 
I mean, beloved, universally beloved by Hawaii fans. And in his collegiate debut, 32 assists, a per- perfect night from the service line, not a single error. And that that's a big reason you mentioned that big deficit mm-hmm. they faced in that third frame. It's a big reason why they were able to come back, overcome an eight-point deficit, and end up winning that third set to go on and sweep Loyola Chicago in three sets. He was phenomenal in his collegiate debut as a a pre-true freshman, truly. And I'm really excited to see where he goes, especially... Coach Charlie Wade, he he tempered expectations a little bit. Asked about, oh, how do you evaluate yeah. Tread tonight? And he's like, patiently, which I thought was a good answer. But also put a good quote in there as well, where he said, first time I saw this kid play, I was like, that's a three-time player for the U.S. national team. That's a three-time player for the U.S. team in the Olympics. That's a big-time mm-hmm. compliment for a kid who just started his college career and I know I am not amongst the most well-versed in volleyball lore but I would tend to agree with coach Wade after seeing what we saw last night the sky is the limit for this kid both figuratively and literally (laughs) (laughs) we do need to take a break but I have a couple more thoughts when it comes to the men's volleyball game and and what we saw and then we will get into rainbow wahine basketball but we do need to step aside so we will be right back on wake up in the den wake up in the den with kuule agbayani on the hawaii sports radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Last couple of thoughts on the men's volleyball game, and I do need to make notes. Um, well, actually, a couple of, for a few things. Uh, so this was the, we talked about it before when we had Craig on our show, and but I just realized this was the first, this was his first experience for men's volleyball, and it really... He said it on the show that he was going to look into the 2002 national championship. And this reaffirmed like how much he wants to figure out what happened or potentially go rogue if he goes back and, okay, the NCAA made the right call, yada, yada, yada. Potentially go rogue and put up a banner for the 2002 uh, national champion team. He was just like... He couldn't. He thought it was incredible. Obviously, he experienced women's volleyball as well. But as we know, men's volleyball isn't as big, nowhere near as big as women's volleyball around the country. So Craig was, it, yeah, like I said, it doubled down on what he will look into when it comes to that 2002 national championship. So that'll be exciting for a lot of men's volleyball fans and volleyball fans in general that we have so many here in Hawaii. Also, I want to give a shout out to the singers of the national anthem and Hawaii Ponoi yesterday from the Maui Fire Department, Captain Ikaika Blackburn, uh, retired battalion chief, Luis Romero and fire engineer Pito Javier. That was pretty cool. I was like, wow, from the Maui Fire Department. So mahalo for your service. And they sounded great. And we were in the room and it was interesting to hear like almost silence that everybody was watching the Spectrum broadcast 
for those gentlemen singing the national anthem and Hawaii Pono'i. All right, so look forward to see you guys tomorrow night for the second game of UH Rainbow Warrior Volleyball versus Loyola Chicago. But tonight, we hope to see you at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center for Rainbow Wahine Basketball, their first game in technically over a month because their last game at home was December 3rd and today is January 4th. So finally at home playing CSU Bakersfield at 6 o'clock p.m. and it is Women in Business Night. I will tell you all the details of that but first here is what coach Laura Beeman had to say a couple of days ago at the media availability. All right, Coach, uh, the last time we talked to you before you guys went on the road and started Big West Conference play up there, you, you ch- said that you were going to challenge your team. It might have been over. They go on this break, you guys are away from each other for a long time. For that to be the first game since that conversation, what did that tell you about this squad? They want to win. Um, they understand that there are times in conference where teams are better and can beat you, and there are times in conference where you can beat yourself. We know that rebounding has been an area that has been a little bit contentious for us, and we need to get after it. This team likes a challenge. They're capable of stepping up the challenge. I think that we showed that in the first game. You feel when it comes to, especially that category, that's a, it's a will and not necessarily a skill? I think it's both. I think there are players that it's a skill where you really have to go headhunt them, give them some contact. Uh, pursue the ball. I think it's also a little bit of don't ball watch, and that's the will part where you get after it. Ball releases your fingertips, you gotta go. It's too late when it gets to the rim. And I think we've had a little bit of a luxury of letting some of our bigs go rebound and our guards kind of stand around. Bigs feel like they can just pursue. Um, and I think they're re- realizing that a lot of it is both the will and the skill. Um, and How much of a confidence was it for you guys to get that win on the road? You know, it's hard winning on the road. It's hard winning in conference. And to do it the way we had to do it, where we reconvened on the 26th after getting, you know, our teeth kind of kicked in against UCLA in the first half, playing a little bit better in the second half. Uh, Amani just coming back, knowing that we weren't going to have Deja. I think that there was a lot of hmms going on, but I don't think there was ever doubt. Uh, we had expressed to the girls early on what a road win opening conference would mean for our RPI and just putting us on the right trajectory. And so they knew the challenge, and again, this team likes to challenge. So as a staff, we were pretty heads up. We were pretty, uh, we were pretty happy um, that they understood um, what they needed to do and then doing it. Coach Zina actually just hit a few shots in that last game. Um, you kind of hope that maybe that that's kind of a game for her to make sure kind of get them going this year. How good was it to see her kind of? Oh, it's always great to see a kid, you know, their work pay off and Ashley always puts the work in. Um, I don't think Ashley's the type of kid that needs a game to get going. Um, she can just get going. She's been doing this for a long time. And I think for the most part, other than maybe a couple of our freshmen, these guys, they're either, I don't want to say on or off, because they always show up to play and do their thing. Um, Sometimes they just play better games than others, but our veteran kids don't need a game to get themselves going. They know what's at stake, they want to do it again. Are you guys in a position to welcome anyone back? No, yes, I, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see on Thursday. I walked out of practice today in a good mood saying I can't wait to play healthy as a team you know, once this year. When that's going to be, I don't know. Uh, we may not be happy all year long, and we're just going to go with what we have, um, support the kids that you know aren't with us in whatever way we can, and 
you know, will them back whenever they come back. But if they don't, they're going to be with us in spirit. We're going to do, you know, the same thing we did last year is involve as much as we can. How much are you looking forward to, for the most part, two games a week reset, two games a week reset? Uh, how much do you welcome that with open arms? I, I'm welcoming that. You know, it, there's something said to be on a schedule a little bit. So, ending on the road isn't going to be fun. You know, we could be on the road if we do things the right way, good 21 to 27 days, which would be really tough. Um, that, that's a whole different story. Uh, but to be able to have two games at home and two on the road, except for the Long Beach situation, where's a bye? I think all the girls are looking forward to getting back into that routine. The biggest excitement is coming back here and playing Thursday and Saturday in front of our home crowd. And, you know, I hope that we're kind of booking volleyball. And I know there's a big buzz about men's volleyball, as it should be how people come out and support these girls for what they're doing. That was UH women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman a couple of days ago as they Gear up and get ready to take on CSU Bakersfield this evening at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Now, Bakersfield has a couple of Big West games under their belt so far. Uh, they beat UC San Diego 52-48, but then got smoked by UC Irvine 71-48 just a few days ago or last week, Saturday, I guess. And now they come into uh, Hawaii, where Hawaii had their solid win at Cal State Fullerton and are, as we mentioned, are finally back at home. And it, take a look at the way too early Big West standings. You have UC Irvine at the top and w- along with UC Santa Barbara and Cal Poly, all 2-0 and and then Hawaii with at 1-0. and And the rest of the teams in the Big West have uh, losses in conference already. So it'll be a fun one tonight and we hope to see you out at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Remember, it is Women in Business Night, so fans are encouraged to bring new or gently used business attire to donate to women in the professional world. All donations will be collected at Gate A. And then throughout the evening, UH Athletics will recognize various women in the professional world and their positive impact on business. Brooklyn Auto will perform the National Anthem and Hawaii Pono'i during the pregame on Thursday. She recently performed at the Regional Spotlight Competition last June, where she earned a Diamond Award and placed in the top 10 for her rendition of Listen from Beyonce. So if that doesn't already tell you that she's a good singer, then I don't know what does. If you earned it, that's an incredible song by Beyonce. But if she can come close to that, then you you're gonna you guys are in for some chicken skin type of uh, singing for the national anthem and Hawaii Pono'i this evening. Gonna need that, especially after last night's performance. Yeah. We we joked about it a little bit. <laughs> Standards but are high now. It, you got the Maui Fire Department men, and then they ooh. really like. I didn't say this before when we brought them up. They gave me chill, like it was legitimate chicken skin chills. What a phenomenal singing performance, both of the national anthem and Hawaii Ponoi last night, and like you said. You got to follow it up big. This is a great way to follow it up then. Another phenomenal singer. And it sounds like this is just a night created from one of your imaginative dreams, Koo. Women in business and basketball all in one. What more could you possibly want? Well, January 11th, men's basketball is Taylor Swift night, just saying. That's true too. I, I, I have <laughs> That's a another certain, one. <laughs> I had a certain request from somebody uh, who will remain nameless at this time if they could potentially get a ticket and go to that game. I'm like, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure I, I'll be working it, so I'm sure I'll get you there somehow. 
<laughs> so if so the answer to your question is yes there it could get a little but this is this is right up there, up there. and Only then then you got taylor swift and basketball and uh, taylor swift is a woman in business maybe she'll there, be there tonight <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Dare to dream. We'll manifest everything. You should be there tonight, though, to yes. support the Rainbow Wahine, beautiful Let's people. Let's pack the Sten. They lend support these ladies. We hear from Laura Beeman all the time. You know, come out, support. Uh, obviously, the men play on the road this evening or later this afternoon, but come out to the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center either tonight or, you know, this Saturday, too. They play at 7 against CSUN. Oh, yeah. Last thing before we move on to football after this next break. Shout out again to uh, Rich Sheriff and his staff over there because these next few days, you know, they had to set up the Terraflex last night and then they were already taking the Terraflex off to prepare for basketball today. Then they got to put the Terraflex back on and then take it off again <laughs> or Saturday. So snip, snap, they, snip, they, snap. they have long days or long evenings ahead of them. So uh, always want to thank them for all of their work. All right. When we come back, we will discuss a little University of Hawaii football in terms of what uh, the job postings that we've seen so far and what that means next on wake up in the den wake up in the den with kuule agbayani on the hawaii sports radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 welcome back to all of you the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Ugbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Man, I'm excited. So many fun things happening. What a way to start say, last what night. What are you excited oh for? Oh my gosh. Like everything going on. And I was telling Paul, like, before we jumped on today, I'm like, man, you know, we had a, a, a you know, Paul's family was in town and uh, his fiance's family. And it's, it's the holidays. So everyone, you know, kind of like, and we have like Kyle Galdera was on vacation. A little bit in December, we had Michael on vacation. So, you know, we kind of took a little, I don't want, it's not really a hiatus because obviously we were still doing the show and still bringing you coverage. But compared to what our fall was, that almost was like a two week, three week, maybe like quote unquote break. And then now this is the week like we're hitting the round running, everything's starting up again. We'll have a like a couple of OIA girls basketball games next week on our broadcast and then an HPU basketball game and the following week we'll have more OIA girls basketball more HP and then so now yep we're it's starting up again and here we go here we <laughs> go <laughs> right that's the do we still have that what oh yeah I think say? we do have that ye, ye old uh, oh oh whoa who and here we go <laughs> 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 this is like the first time we went into the, say, the we sound finally, effects bar. Like we joke about the sound effects and oh, the sound guy. We gotta get oh these keys, the hot keys, better. We finally have um, one that we could use. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! All right, so I was yesterday. I was online because you know we we're talking about the coaches um, not getting their contracts renewed, and I mentioned yesterday like I'm I'm, I'm assuming we're gonna see some some more shakeups in the coaching department for UH. But and we heard that the jobs have been posted for certain positions. So I was just curious. On, I was curious as to what that looked like for like a coaching position for the state being posted. And I went on there and sure enough, of course, as we knew, the offensive coordinator position was posted. However, another job posting that was there yesterday as well was the, for the defensive coordinator position. And as we know, 
you know, Enzi Eno was technically the co-defensive coordinator. Coordinator. He's one of the coaches that are not going to be retained. But that would leave Jacob Euro. However, I guess that means we could see it has. And I texted Paul yesterday. I'm like, hey, did you get any, you know, official word from Timmy? Because they got that word about the three other coaches the previous day. But, you know, Paul didn't hear anything. So I'm curious to see what that means for that defensive coordinator position. So now Hawaii will have both defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator positions open so we'll see new coaches in very very important roles going into next season and you know coach Ian Shoemaker came in as the OC last season he was made co-OC with Roman but the priority part of the job in calling plays that was Timmy Chang's responsibility last season so all this stuff going on so I'm curious to see what else is going to be announced officially, knowing that it's publicly posted now. And there is also a posting for an assistant coach. So I don't know what that means. It doesn't specify what position. So it just says, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and assistant football coach are the jobs that are publicly posted online through the University of Hawaii website. And then there's like a temp position, which eh, they always have that like video something that's like every football program but those are interesting job postings that we haven't really caught got any official word from the program yet but it's out there so it'll likely come out soon it is out there so super fans go ahead and apply and throw your hat in the ring Uh, no kidding 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 anyway um it is out there and public information which is interesting it does suggest that a possibility that defensive coordinator Jacob Yoro could be reassigned, perhaps. He was the linebackers coach back, I believe, in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, but Chris Brown is the linebackers coach now. Who, well, you mentioned that assistant coach role. It doesn't. I'm curious if there will be a continuation of the shuffling of the cards on the coaching staff where you don't necessarily get personnel changes, Mm -hmm. but you change their jobs. We talked about a little bit yesterday where sometimes coaches just need to be placed in the best positions to succeed for them, similar to players, where Coach Yoro, I mean, he is a phenomenal football mind that's been yeah. proven time and I time mean, he's again he's been retained through multiple coaching and that's kind of what head I mean, coaching changes where it's like it's very obvious he knows football but mm-hmm. kind of like the rest of the coaching staff i mean how many times did we talk about it during the season yes it was a young team in terms of players but it was a really young coaching staff in terms of guys in really important positions including timmy chang i mean we mentioned yesterday how he was supposed to take over as the offensive coordinator role at colorado state get some experience there instead jumped straight to the head coaching Mm -hmm. role despite not having that coordinator experience previously so this gives an opportunity to euro if in theory he is reassigned just going off of what the listing is where he gets to continue working with team he continues to build on the foundation that he has clearly already started especially we talked about it yesterday the end of the year finish for the bows i'm curious do we see some veteran faces 
joining that coaching staff in an offensive coordinator role, in a defensive coordinator role, just to kind of give that balance of experience with new age football, with this coaching staff. I'm excited to see what it is, especially because we talked about it a ton yesterday as well. I I know I keep referencing it, and if you missed yesterday's show, it is up both on YouTube and where Mm -hmm. you can get most podcasts uh, with Hawaii Sports Radio Network. But talked about it where it's going to be interesting going forward with the Bows. You don't want to reshuffle too much. You don't want to upset the the ship too much. Yeah. But you also need you need new voices in the room as well. Uh and you need new positionings for certain coaches. Yeah. And there's been tons of names being thrown out there already, especially, you know, like just by fans, not 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 the coaching staff in general. They're obviously going to keep it hush hush, but I'm very entertained by seeing a lot of the names that that go out there. I think on the wish list on the defensive side, but it, it's not going to happen. So don't 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 take this and run with it. But I've mentioned him before when it came to USC and their defense. But now that the the position could potentially be open and he wants to take a significant pay cut, but just to help Hawaii win. Uh, Dave Aranta, come on Baylor, home, baby, come on back to Hawaii and be the defensive coordinator. You know, I know you get paid millions and millions of dollars and you'll probably get like 150,000 over here, but it's okay. But my counter is none of those places it's are not Hawaii. Hawaii. And you've made the millions, so just come on back. No, but at least until now, he's still going to be at Baylor, even though they did horrendous uh, this past season. But anyways, that's just one of the wish lists. But some of the realistic names that I've seen get thrown out there. Oh, by the way, Kaika Malloy, like former Kamehameha Schools guy, promoted at UCLA. What was it offensive coordinator? No, defensive offense. I don't know. I, I retweeted it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I saw it and I, was, I celebrated it and retweeted yeah. it and moved back on to, with my Back day. to Hawaii. So obviously you'll still have people say, bring June Jones back. No, please do not. Like, let's just be done with that. Just opens uh, up a can of worms. One of the to. valid potential candidates that I hear a lot of people are saying is none other than Craig Stutzman, who was a coach here under Nick Rolovich, obviously a former player who was very fun. The other day I showed Paul the infamous uh, punt into the stands by Craig Stutzman. So he was that type of electric player. And he is currently the wide receivers and passing game coordinator at Texas State, which is under G.J. Kinney, who we've talked about a lot on the show and the success he's been able to have so far since leaving the University of Hawaii uh, you know, Coach Todd Graham brought him here and he was here for one year and left, wasn't part of the downfall of that year with C- Coach Graham, but is doing really well at Texas State. I think for Craig professionally, that would be a tough decision because GJ has been proven to be very good. And if GJ like wants to move on to a bigger university like, and you're one of the people on his staff that he wants to bring with you, that could mean a significant uh, uptick in pay. However, he is a local boy. I believe like his wife probably wants to come back to Hawaii. Again, you could go get paid more, but it's still not Hawaii. It's not Hawaii. Yeah. Plus, in that sense, too, DJ could always come back and circle back around and be like, hey, come on. But also, I would imagine before making any decision, Craig would be privy to that information be like are you staying at texas state 
a little mm-hmm. bit longer or is it like you're looking to get out because if he's looking to get out actively then it'd be like okay maybe i'll stay until you go but if if you're hitching your wagon there i, I believe texas state fcs school yeah, yeah it, if i'm not so, mistaken yeah. either way it, it is a, a step below where hawaii currently competes at so Professionally, it would make sense as a step forward. Would be a lot of fun as a hire as well, mm-hmm. and a lot of I know it would make a lot of fans happy. I know a lot of people have even said Nick Rolovich, which you know I don't entirely disagree with. I just don't know how the dynamics in the locker room would be, being that a former head coach. He's a good coach. I know whatever happened at Washington State, I do believe he's a good person, and sometimes you know. Good people handle things not as well as they should. Situations but, are what they are. Yeah, but he's he's a good guy. I like Nick a lot, and he's like I said, he's a very good coach. Obviously, him coming back and potentially being an offensive coordinator would instantly, like, we would be so good. But I just don't know how the dynamics would be as a former head coach and the current head coach who has less experience. And all that stuff. You just, you don't know. I don't want to put it I past. I worry about the outside politics of it, not yeah. necessarily the inner locker room. Because I think Rolo and Timmy would be able to work together hand mm-hmm. in hand actually really, really well. That's something that Coach Chang has shown throughout his two years at the helm of the Rainbow Warriors is an ability to go back to former Hawaii coaches and use their input to make this version mm-hmm. better. So that, in a sense, would be exciting. But I do also wonder, should the team struggle, and this is the only time you'll hear pessimistic Paul and not positive (laughs) Paul, should the team struggle, do you hear people calling for Rolo to take over and some sort of switch for Timmy to drop down into an offensive coordinator role instead? And and it gets into this murky water where you you have to decide if that's something you are willing to wade on into, which, like you said before, Rolo is a very talented coach, and inside the locker room, I don't have many quips on if that wouldn't work just because I, I believe in the people. But nonetheless, it's understandable why there might be some apprehension to maybe not go full gung-ho on -hmm. grabbing Rolo back. Yeah. I do like the creativity of you guys, though, like thinking of all this stuff. Uh, Craig Craig Stutzman definitely would be... That's fun. That that would be a fun hire. Obviously, another coach with all the local ties that make up a lot of the, the coaching staff so far. But if you guys have any other ideas that you haven't heard yet or anything, be sure to you guys can always text us too at 808-888-KGU1, 808-888-5481. If you have anything in mind, maybe, you know, just having some Palhana, talking to your friends and throwing names out there, I'd love to hear what else is being said. These are just things I've seen all over social media and some of the comment sections on stuff. And I just... Wanted to bring it up, especially after we saw the uh, job posting for the defensive coordinator for UH football that we haven't heard an official announcement yet on what that means for Jake Yoro and the UH football program. But got to step aside for our last break. So we'll talk to you on the other side on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Lights and falling through an hourglass, I'm waiting for you, baby. 
Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brex on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760 and hawaiisportsradio.com. Now be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We played the um, only a portion of the post game from following the men's volleyball game last night. But on our YouTube channel, you can get the whole thing and the video, including a little funny clip. Uh, when the, the guys were asked about how they feel about their number three ranking in the polls, but we won't give away anything. So you guys got to go you gotta watch, watch it at our YouTube channel. All right. Wrapping up the show as we were talking about UH football, getting into some um, NFL football. And it's pretty a cool thing. Tua Tongo Vailoa has been selected to the 2024 Pro Bowl games. You know, the celebration that we've all used to, too. They rebranded it now as the Pro Bowl games, and they will actually have a flag football game that will be played on February 4th. As we always say, though, hopefully Tua is not going to play in the game because that means you make it to the Super Bowl, as as a lot of the players. However, it is still an awesome thing to celebrate because he is officially the first Hawaii-born quarterback to be selected to the Pro Bowl team. So we... Just like a couple days ago, I mentioned it's cool to see a lot of these uh, Polynesian quarterbacks, not necessarily all from Hawaii, but making their ways throughout the you know Division One level in football. And then now you have Tua Tango Vailoa uh, being selected to the Pro Bowl and the first Hawaii-born quarterback to do so. So all the rosters have been announced. He is there with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then on good company, yeah, good company, just a bit, but. Again, all of those guys that are selected are hoping to not play in the Pro Bowl or be part of the festivities because they want to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, On the other side in the NFC, you have Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford. Another good amount of people. Hopefully we don't. I got got thoughts. (laughs) They're they're all good quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. No. Um, Very, very cool. Super cool to see Tua make it first Hawaii-born quarterback and and so on and so forth. Uh, It does, not to be a curmudgeon, but it does make me a little sad that the Pro Bowl is not still here in Hawaii. Oh, it makes everyone sad. Um, Because, man, I can't even imagine the type of reception Tua would get um, in in the game. But nonetheless, a really, really cool and well-deserved honor for the Dolphins quarterback Obviously, one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the NFL this year mm-hmm. from week one on. And uh, he gets recognized for it, though. Like you said, all of those guys are like, they don't want to be a part of it. Screw yeah. the Pro Bowl. We don't want to be in the Pro Bowl because, yeah, that would mean that they means they're playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, (laughs) The Super Bowl. All right. Taking a look at the NFL playoff picture now uh, as we head into the final week of the regular season. On the AFC side, you have the Ravens at the top and followed by the Dolphins, Chiefs and Browns. On the end, those are the all the teams that have clinched. On the NFC side, you have the Niners, Cowboys, Lions, Eagles and Rams. Still in the hunt on the NFC side are the Buccaneers and Packers. And then you still got a few teams in the bubble with the Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, and Falcons. On the AFC side in the hunt, we have the Jaguars, Bills, Colts, and on the bubble, Texans and Steelers. So still a lot of things. It's weird because on the AFC side, you still got a lot of teams, some or maybe a little bit of teams actually still, still in it. We're in the NFC side, only a 
spot left and or a couple of spots left and we'll see how this goes as we mentioned paul and i our teams are were out like a few weeks ago but it's okay the bears are <sighs> on the clock for the over number one overall pick in the 2024 nfl draft and you know it's weird because i was talking about marvin harrison jr but odunze so far at washington i'm like this is going to be very interesting for the bears bears fandom is very torn like it's pretty much 50 percent on if they want to just keep going with Justin Fields or you move on to either Caleb Williams or Drake May. I'm on the side of keep Justin Fields, maybe trade away that number one overall pick, trade back because whoever is behind you is going to need a quarterback more than likely and get a receiver or you trade even further back and potentially get someone like Odunze who... I forgot, like, that's a crazy tie to UH football because Odunze was actually a receiver at Bishop Gorman, who Chris Brown knows and had coached. Because I remember when we were watching the Pac-12 championship and CB was there, he was, like, cheering hard for Washington because it was Odunze and there's another kid that's from Bishop Gorman that was doing really well in the game. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. I mean, if Odunze ends up, you know, with, with the Bears, then I'd be like, hey, CB... <laughs> Odunze uh, was also the Nevada State Player of the Year, which uh, a certain UH football commit and signee, I should say, not just commit, mm-hmm. uh, also just was named the back-to-back Gatorade Player of the Year for Nevada and Micah Alejado, another Bishop Gorman grad. So a uh, mm-hmm. bunch of UH connections there. Odunze, super, super fun player. This is a deep wide receiver class oh, in general. It's so exciting because that's what the Bears need. We're going to have to spend an entire show oh on gosh. NFL content. Um, how dare you give me only 45 <laughs> seconds to talk about the Sorry. NFL. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, because now we got to go. <laughs> and the NFL draft because I'm just oh my goodness. licking my chops for what the Bears are going to do. And now that and what they do with Eberflus, it's a, it's a whole thing. But, yeah, we got to spend another show talking about it. But we got to go for Paul. I'm Kool-Aid. Mahalo for listening. Bye.